Hi, Coffee and Convo listeners. I'm your host, Liz Bullard, and here's a quick ad before we get into our episode. Welcome, everyone, to Coffee and Convos. My name is Liz, and this is my podcast where I talk with friends, leaders in the community, and other great conversationalists about politics, wellness, and activism. In this episode, I am here with Gretchen, and I'm really excited because we are going to be talking about creativity. And this is something that I have kind of refound, especially in these last couple months. And so I'm, I'm really interested in gathering some tips and tricks to be more creative. So welcome, Gretchen. Oh, hi, Liz. And thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here today. Awesome. Awesome. And so as uh, you know, a coffee and combo welcome, I love to ask people, so like, what is your perfect drink? Are you a coffee or a tea person? Oh, boy. Uh, it depends on the day. I would have to say I'm a, I'm a tea person. Uh, mm-hmm. I really love a good matcha green tea. Oh, yes, absolutely. Like I, I, I kind of fell off matcha because I just wasn't patient enough. And I'm trying to get back into the practice of taking the time to really steep a good cup of tea and go through the whole practice of it. So I, I love that. Oh, yeah. That, tea is wonderful because it's just so rich. It, there's a nice ritual to it. It's a, it's a lovely mm-hmm. way to wake up. It's a lovely way to unwind. And yeah, good stuff. Absolutely. And it really goes with um, creativity because tea, you can do so many different flavor combinations. And when you really let your creativity shine, it's so therapeutic. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And you don't even have to stop there with tea. I mean, you can make tea smoothies. You can make mm-hmm. tea cakes. I mean, you can, you can go crazy with tea. It's, it's fabulous. But yeah, absolutely. like you said, Liz, it goes really well with creativity because it, it really the the combinations of what you can do with it are endless. Mm-hmm. And so like, what inspired you? Like, how did you decide like, yeah, creativity is going to be what I pour into? Like, how, how did that happen for you? Oh, thanks so much for asking that. So I, I, it's funny. I, I, I found a very roundabout way back to creativity. I, I grew up as a really creative kid. Um, I grew up in, by, uh, my, my dad was an art teacher um, and, and so I was really, you know, sort of artsy fartsy as a kid and, and, and that sort of thing. But then when I decided to go off to college, I actually decided to pursue science instead. Really? Um, yeah, I know. I know. It's kind of a kind of a 180. Um, so I, I worked in the biotech industry um, for almost 20 years, which is a long time. Um, and along the way, I really realized how important it was to be a leader of a team and to work with the people on my team to grow and develop them, which sort of mm-hmm. turned into, you know, a master's in psychology, which turned into a coaching certification. And, and now I'm an executive coach. And that's really my full time um, passion is helping people grow and develop. And along the way, uh, as part of my master's thesis, I, I, I really took a deep dive into the, the science of creativity and the neuroscience of creativity, um, because it's a really interesting uh, skill and trait that people have. And I wanted to learn more about it. And I just became completely obsessed with it. And so now, uh, so now I have a, a coaching practice. It's called lulichcoaching.com, V-O-O-L-I-C-H uh, coaching.com. And the focus of my practice is on coaching for innovation, which is all about how to unlock your creativity, to use it, as, to, use it to solve a wider array of problems. I, I love that because, and I love how you talked about how creativity is the skill. 
because I think sometimes when we talk about creativity or we think about it, we're like, well, you're either born with it or you're not. But I really have been learning that creativity is a muscle and you really have to build that muscle. And so I'm really interested in, in learning some tips and like, how do you, how do you make that grow? Yeah. Oh, oh, I would love to help unpack that. But uh, yeah, what you said, Liz, is spot on. Um, creativity is like a muscle. And actually, we all come pre-wired with it. And that's probably what excites me mm. the most about creativity. And it's highly personalized to us. And it's always available to us. But the challenge with creativity is it's not a linear process. And it's not a linear thing. And so it's a very background process. There's, there's parts of the creative process that happen completely under the waterline. It's almost like an iceberg and you see that waterline. That's, what, that's what's happening there. That's where these aha moments kind of come from. And so as a result, because it's, it's not easily controlled, and it's, it's kind of misunderstood and it's not easily seen, I think creativity tends to be regaled to the arts world and not thought of as a right. problem solving skill. Um, and like you said, it's, it's a skill. And so its evolutionary roots uh, are to adapt, um, to survive, basically. Creativity in the wild and the animal world is adapt or die. Um, we actually see a lot of animals out there that, that are creative. Octopuses are very creative animals. They, they mm. use tools. They do all sorts of interesting things. And so it's kind of interesting to think that all animals also share that, but humans are exceptionally creative. Um, and there's things that you can do to, to enhance your creativity. Absolutely. And yeah. I like how you talked about the problem solving aspect, because sometimes when we're thinking about problem solving, we just go to smart. You know, you have to be smart to solve this problem. But what about being creative? And so that's really interesting. And so can you share some examples of how you help people um, learn how to be creative and, and when they're problem solving? Yeah, sure. So. When talking about problem solving and creativity, there's really two different types of problems out there in the world. So there's there's technical problems, and these are problems that these are things that we can we can study, and we there's usually one answer. It's either right or it's wrong. And this, right. is, this is sort of stuff that we study in school, right? And then there's what what's called adaptive problems, and creativity is really good at solving adaptive problems. And adaptive problems are these large uh, problems where there's lots of different ways of solving them, all of which are correct. And so life's biggest problems tend to be adaptive problems like climate change, um, coronavirus, that's an adaptive problem. Even the future of work and where do we go from here, that's an adaptive problem. So those are really large adaptive problems. But then in, in everyday life, uh, there's smaller adaptive problems, which also use, you can use creativity. So example, how to get to work in really bad weather. Do you drive? Do you take the train? Do you walk? Mm. You know, all, all, every way is correct. <laughs> you, can, you can still get to work, but there's just different ways. Or like how to stop fighting with a partner or, or a roommate over a division of household chores. There's different ways that you can, that you can solve that problem creatively. Um, even improvising on recipes, if you run out of a certain ingredient, you know, you can use creativity to do substitution. So there's small ways that you can infuse creativity in your life um, by recognizing these different adaptive problems. That's really interesting because I think everyone a time or two has had to be creative with cooking. And, you know, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. But I think giving yourself that permission to be creative 
really opens up, you know, yourself to have permission when you're doing other type of problem solving to have that same permission to problem solve and explore what are the different ways of tackling this issue. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, I mean, creativity is an interesting trait and an interesting skill. And and a lot of people are, are sort of mystified by it, but really mm-hmm. what it is, is something that's creative is something that's both novel or brand new, but it also needs to be useful. So it needs to be useful to other people. And so it has this social utility to it. And so creative things that are out there are both novel and useful. And uh, creative things that are out there also are novel combinations that are oftentimes created from two things that already exist. So an, a great example of that is the DVR. Uh, that basically combined a TV and a VCR. And that changed how we, we watch our shows now. It also changed how we structure our lives. There's no more driving home at you know 90 miles an hour because you're going to miss five minutes of you know, your favorite soap opera or something like that. So, right. Yeah. It's kind of cool. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I know there's probably some people, I know even myself, like if you would have asked me, you know, a couple of years ago, are you a creative person? I would have said, absolutely not. I just kind of see things kind of as they are, but like, how would you work with someone like that? We're saying like, I don't have a creative bone in my body. Like, how do you take the barriers off of creativity? Oh, here we go. So that's, <laughs> that's where I really get into my innovation coaching, which again is understanding how you're creative, working on different strategies to unlock your creativity, and then uh, and then coaching on on how to better implement those ideas. So people that say I don't have a creative bone in my body, my answer is yes, you do. It's just different from how you may consider other people's creativity. So a lot of times when I ask people, you know, what, what do you think of creativity? They talk, you know, macaroni art and glitter and drawing and things like that. And that's just one type of creativity. There's lots of different types that are out there. There's creativity in science. There's creativity in sports. We just saw a lot of creativity um, with the U.S. uh, gymnastics team. All of those different movements and and those sequences, that that took creativity to put that together. It's interesting. Right. Uh, Engineering is a largely creative profession because you have to think of different ways to build uh, and solve for engineering type of problems, um, it, which again boils back down to problem solving. Absolutely, absolutely. And it, again, it's interesting to see the two combined, but really they are. And it's really about how do I tackle this thing? How do I? I, I mean, the way you put it, when I think about it, I'm like, you're really being creative every day because every day you're having these moments where you have to kind of problem solve and say, how do I maneuver this thing? How do I solve this? So um, I I love how you're kind of like making my mind think differently about creativity. Yeah, no, I'm glad. Yeah. So usually, you know, to continue the conversation, usually when someone says, Hey, I'm not creative and I kind of challenge them a little bit more, everybody is creative. They're just creative in different ways. And it's just really understanding what's your variant. And then also understanding what personality elements are in play there, because a lot of times your personality elements can block your creative ideas. Oh, very interesting. Tell me more about that. Oh, yeah. So creativity, where the heck does it come from, right? It actually, it comes from a large combination of factors. Some of that you can control, like motivation and attitude. And then some of it you can't control, like you can't control your genetics, you can't control your family, and you can't control your early childhood environment. And then there's, there's other things in their mix as well. 
But basically what this means is that your creativity is highly personalized to you because it's facilitated by your personality, which means that how you are creative is as unique to you as your own fingerprint. And so that it, it means that there's lots of different variations out there. And it also means that you can enhance your creativity. So going back to what you said earlier, it is like a muscle. You can exercise it. Um, and so as part of my innovation coaching, usually where I like to start with folks is I, I have this, I developed this Vulich Innovation Index, um, which is sort of an assessment of understanding where, where are they creative, what, and what personality factors that they have. Um, and then there's, there's different personality factors, which I would love to share with you now. And, Please. uh, yeah, as long as, as well as some tips and things like that, that you can do to unlock your creativity. Please do. Yeah. All right. So, um, so the first personality element ha is extroversion. And usually when we think of extroversion, people are like, oh yeah, I'm an extrovert. I'm a people person. That has nothing to do with it. Um, mm. extroversion has to do with how you derive your energy. And so extroverts tend to derive their energy from their external environment versus introverts tend to draw their energy from their internal environment. And so people that are really extroverted may have a difficult time being creative, even though you're drawing information from your external environment, which is more, you know, different things that you can do to be creative or you're, you have more information to work from. It's really the introverts that tend to be more creative because they have a richer internal fantasy life. So, for clients that I work with that are really high in extroversion, I try to encourage them to cultivate an internal fantasy world. Mm. So a great exercise for that. And this also will help cure your insomnia if you, if you suffer from that at all. At night, when you're about to fall asleep, in like the last 10 minutes, if you close your eyes, you start to sort of visualize, build a character in your mind. It, it can be a person, it can be an animal, it could be an alien, doesn't matter. You have to get, you know, and then start constructing your character and then do a little bit every night as you're falling asleep. So what does your character look like, sound like? What's their family life look like? Where are they from? You know, uh, what clothes do, the, do they wear? And then of course, just start getting more elaborate. What, what sort of antics do they get into? what did your character do last night? You know, uh, what sort of trouble do they, do they like to make? What, do they drink coffee or tea? So just sort of getting into that, but it's, it, it's a way to cultivate your internal fantasy world. Uh, you can also share it or not share it with people, um, <laughs> it, but it, it'll also help you fall asleep too. No lie. Like I do that sometimes, like when, you know, you wake up in the middle of the night, you know, maybe you're distracted by like the sounds outside and like your mind is like busy about like your to-do list. Like sometimes we're just going to focus on one thing. Yeah. And like, no lie, like that does help me fall asleep. I love that. Yeah. So try build, building a character. Um, let's see. One of my characters, I think, was like a hippopotamus, purple with blue spots. <laughs> yeah. You don't, get, you don't get crazy with it. Have fun with it. I, I love that. I love that. And I love how um, you said highly, it's um, your, cre your creative muscle or your creativity is highly personalized to you, like a fingerprint. Yeah. And, and I love that because I think sometimes we look at really like, quote unquote, creative fields, right? Like celebrities or TikTok or Instagram and say, mm -hmm. wow, these people are creative. And we judge ourselves and we say, I'm not creative. But I love how you touched on creativity is different for everybody. And it's really about getting to know what your creativity looks like and allowing that to grow. I, I love that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. 
I mean, one of the other personality factors is sort of your level of confidence and your level of nervousness and, and how stable your mood is. Mm. So people that are really high in this element, that may block their creativity as well. So one example of how they can unblock that is to practice embracing imperfection in small ways. Uh, wear your shirt inside out all day long. And when people tell you, hey, guess what? Your, your shirt's inside out. Don't fix it. Just try it and observe <laughs> what happens around you. Yeah, it could it actually help unblock your creativity. That is so interesting because I, again, I think our, our mind immediately goes to the barriers of, nope, I have to work in this, this mind frame or in this, this, this norm. And yes, all those things are appropriate, but are we doing it so much that we are blocking our creativity? Are we only allowing creativity to show up in certain, certain spaces? And is that really just kind of draining us? Yeah, I mean, it absolutely could. It absolutely could. I mean, the, the hallmark trait of really creative people is another personality element called openness. And mm. this, is, this is all about um, your level of tolerance for certainty, for certainty and having things defined. And do you need a framework that you need to work within? Do you like to plan? You know, things like that. People that are more open are much more uh, comfortable, comfortable with ambiguity. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah. So the way that I like to coach people with openness and everybody can benefit of, of, from this, whether you're, you know, regardless of your level of openness is, is think of somebody in history who you think was a really creative person and then read a biography, read, you know, the internet, poke around a little bit and just read about them, you know, and, and then when you're ready, pick, pick a day, um, even a couple hours or something like that, and just try their personality on for size. What do they mm. sound like? What do they smell like? What, what's their accent sound like? What do they wear? You know, try to just pretend you're them for a day. It, it, it's kind of interesting. So for example, uh, David Bowie is one of my, one of my creative luminaries. I really enjoyed <laughs> him a lot. And he was out there. Uh, and so, you know, I would read, a, uh, I read a, you know, biography on David Bowie. David Bowie was, was kind of crazy. I mean, he thought he was part alien. So, mm. so that, that's a real, you know, exercise in being, in being open. Uh, but there's other creative luminaries out there too that, that are pretty interesting. Uh, Georgia O'Keeffe was a really interesting lady. Um, she got sick and tired of being teased about being an old maid and was like, screw all of you people. And she moved out into the desert and just enjoyed wandering the desert, painting her flowers. So mm. yeah, it, it's, yeah, it's kind of fun. It's like adult pretend. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I can think of like having a lot of fun with pretending to be on these people that you think are um, so creative and how fun that could be. Yeah, definitely. I mean, if you're somebody though that struggles with that, then you may have a low level of openness. And so that can also block your creativity. So one way you can kind of unlock that is practice fun failure. You know, pick something mm. that you've never done before and just try it. You're going to be awful at it. You're just going to be horrible at it. But, but it's okay. It's okay. It's sort of getting comfortable with not being good at something. And because basically what you're doing is you're addressing a fear of learning because you're, you, you may be afraid of uh, challenging your own worldview. And so right. it, it's a fun way of challenging that openness. Absolutely. And it makes me kind of wonder how we created this fear from wanting to be perfect all the time have we just highlighted perfection so much that we're afraid of being creative and uh, having that that fail fact factor 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there, there's some famous quote, I, I don't know who said it, but they, they said that, you know, as kids, we were all given the same box of crayons, but somewhere along the way, you know, some kids choose to put the crayons down and they may right. have somehow internalized that, that fear of failure or fear of not being perfect. And so, yeah, it's, it's, it's something to definitely explore. Absolutely. Because I don't think, again, um, no one, you don't really, you don't often hear go out there and be creative, right? There's a lot of like strive to be the best or you have to get this right or, you know, but I, I, again, I think that creativity is such a skill and so valuable to our mental health and our overall, overall well-being. And um, I, I love how that you're helping people find that and use that, that innovation. Oh yeah. Thanks so much. It's, it's so, it's so rewarding to help people unlock their creativity um, I mean, one of the other personality factors is just sort of your, your level of kind of compliance and friendliness towards others. How agreeable are you? Mm-hmm. And if you're a really agreeable person in your, you consider yourself easygoing, you're laid back, that may be blocking your creativity too. Um, and so one way to kind of sort of break out of that is within reason, practice some nonconformity. Um, there was a really famous psychological experiment done. I, I forget when it was way back. It was like the 1950s or something where, uh, social psychologists would ride elevators all day and one person in the elevator would face the wrong way. So their back would be to the elevator door and they would just observe what other people would do as they would get on the elevator. So that could be one way to practice nonconformity the next time you're in an elevator. Mm. That. <laughs> That's really interesting because in the elevator, it's always so awkward anyway. So that sounds very interesting. Um, <laughs> so it I'm going to have to check an out. interesting conversation too. A- absolutely. Because it's like, what? So I have to look up this experiment and kind of see some of these reactions because I can just imagine. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, agreeable, uh, your level of agreeableness can also work against you too. If you're somebody who's just not agreeable with anybody, believe mm. it or not, that actually supports creativity. Because, really? Yeah, it does. Because if you think about it, if creativity is novelty plus, you know, usefulness, novelty, you, you kind of have to go against the grain. So that's mm-hmm. it's kind of being a nonconformist. But you don't want to, you don't want to not agree with people to the degree that you become a curmudgeon and nobody wants to work with you. And so (laughs) what you can kind of do is you can sort of practice sweetening your agreement with people. And so you can sort of challenge them where you disagree, but then also, you know, offer something in return to to agree and then just sort of work on your level of comfort with that too. Well, that's that's interesting because like, there's often like if there's no like conflict there's no growth right you need kind of that opposition and that compromise to to mesh different ideas and so absolutely I can definitely see that so that's very interesting I love that yeah yeah thanks yeah and then then there's the last personality factor which is really your level of empathy towards others too um and so if, if you're if you're really high um, in this element, it can also block your creativity, um, mostly because you're just, you're really sort of tapping into how other people might be feeling and you're really putting them first. And, and in order to do that, you have to be a little planful. Um, so the way that you would sort of address this creativity block is just to practice spontaneity and really, really get to know your sense of intuition and really hone that, uh, Mm -hmm. creative people tend to have a very strong sense of intuition. Interesting. Well, you're always thinking on your feet. I definitely can see that. Yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. So that is really interesting. I Again, like, is that like on your website? If people wanted to know more and wanted to say like, okay, like what, where's my personality type? How do like, how do people like learn more? Oh yeah, sure. Uh, they're welcome to visit my, my website. It's foolishcoaching.com. Um, the Voolich Innovation Index isn't really on there because this is something that I typically use with clients that are in coaching engagements, which is usually a series of different coaching um, sessions that they've put together towards a goal. Um, but if any of your listeners are interested in this, they're, they're welcome to navigate over there. Um, check it out. Uh, they can either contact me, my, all my info's on the site, or they could even set up a discovery call. Um, but I would love to be able to offer your, your listeners, if they're interested, uh, if they set up a call, they could put right in the, just the notes there. Um, they can mention your podcast and I, I'm totally willing to set up a sort of a one-time special session with them where they can take this index and we can talk about their specific personality factors and then strategies that might work really well for them to be able to unlock their creativity, almost like as a mini coaching session. I love that. I love that. And like, what's like your, if someone's listening and they're just like, well, like, I don't know if, you know, I, I coaching is for me or how I would use it. Like, what's your ideal client? Like, who, you know, should be reaching out and say like, hey, I, I need to unlock my creativity and my, I need innovation coaching. Yeah, sure. I mean, I love working with everybody. I'm a people person. I love everybody. <laughs> so, but my ideal clients uh, tend to come from the startup community. So people that are starting a new company and need new ideas, need to figure out new ways of navigating their processes or things like that. Um, I also have clients that come from the other extreme too, where clients may be working at a company or be really used to doing things uh, in a certain way. So that, that old status quo, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so both tend to, to be really challenged with creativity. Um, and so what I do is I actually, I work with them to, uh, and their teams to do innovation coaching in a as part of a larger program. Uh, but th yeah, those are my two ideal clients right now. I, I love that because I think a lot of people have, you know, can say they've been in spaces where the work environment gets stale because yeah. it's like, well, we've done it this way. And you're like, well, why have you done it this way? And no one can give you an answer. And they're like, we want new ideas. And so no one has an idea because that hasn't been promoted. It hasn't been something um, that has been a muscle that has been built. And so again, I'm very inspired um, by this conversation and everything that you've talked about. Um, and I also on your website saw that you have a Vurika vibe comic blog. Anything you want to share about that? Oh, I'm so glad you brought that up. Yeah. <laughs> so Vurika is a trademark term. Um, so everybody knows what a Eureka moment is, right? It's mm -hmm. that shower thought where suddenly you have the most brilliant idea to save the world. Um, a, a Vurika moment similar, but they are worth shouting from the rooftops. The, these are ideas that when they come to you, it's just such triumphant clarity. You, ha you have to yell about it. Uh, so that's really what Varika is all about. Um, every coach out there has some sort of a blog. Uh, and of course, you know, where I'm an innovation coach, I wanted to do something different. And so I, I really tapped into my own creative muscle and created a, a once weekly emailed uh, cartoon blog. And it's all centered around creativity and coaching and self-actualization. Uh, and so it's a once weekly emailed, uh, just a comic, and then just a short blog post with usually with a practical tip that you can do to, um, to unlock your creativity or, you know, or what have you, you know, if it's a different theme, that's not necessarily creativity, a little bit more self-actualization. 
Um, but yeah, check it out. Feel free to sign up for it. It's free. Um, it, it's fun. It's different. It's wacky. But I, I have I have so much fun putting it together for people. I, I love that. And I love that you have fun putting it together. Because again, I think that adulthood could be so serious. And I think that we have to give ourselves permission to be creative and childlike and, and pick up those crayons that we talked about. Like, don't put them down. And if you put them down, just put them down for a little bit. But pick them back up. Because Again, I, I think we're starved for it. We're starved for that creativity because, you know, we are creative be beings. We are problem solving every day and looking for new ways to grow and learn. And so thank you so much for, for stopping by and sharing the work that you're doing. Oh, thank you so much. It was great to chat with you. Absolutely. And for um, everyone listening, if you missed the website, it will be in this episode bio so that you can grab it there. Uh, but Gretchen, before I ask you my last question, is there anything you want to leave people with? Anything that they should know? What's kind of like your last words of wisdom? Yeah. Um, when you think about creativity, I, I really like to challenge people not to think about the arts. Try to mm. think outside the arts and just start it. Start to think about small what creativity might look like in your in your day to day when, as you navigate the world. Um, if you go out for a walk in the morning look around you and, and look, up, look at all the different solutions that are literally in front of you. Um, they could be parked in the side of the street. It could, it could be a trash can on the side of the road. Those are all different solutions, but sort of think about how you can infuse creativity into your daily life by thinking of different solutions like that that answer your, your daily life's um, issues or problems. I, I love that. I love that. And um, I'm definitely going to be on the lookout for creativity in my life and uh, definitely using some of those um, exercises that you, you talked about just to bring a little bit more silly and a little bit more fun and a lot more creativity to not only my life, but to the environment around me. That's great. Yeah. I mean, creativity makes the world a better place. <laughs> it does. It does. And so Gretchen, my last question is what's in your cup? And this is where I ask my listeners and my guests, what are three things that you are adding to your day or your week to make it a little bit brighter, a little bit better? And while you think of your answer, I will give you mine. So the three things that I need in my cup today so that I have a little bit of a brighter day is, is definitely creativity. Um, I'm really going to relook at how I think about problems or look at problems. And instead of seeing the barriers, just really put that, create, that creative lens on it. Um, I want innovation as well to kind of add to that and, you know, just so having creativity and innovation. And it is a little chilly in on the East Coast today as fall is trying to take over. So I'm adding comfort. I need comfort, whether that's comfort food or blankets and comfy, fluffy socks. I just need some comfort so I can feel like summer is still here just a little while longer. So my cup is going to be filled with creativity, innovation, and comfort. Gretchen, what about you? Oh, my goodness. Okay. <laughs> so I, I'm a firm believer in, in having at least a really good, genuine belly laugh once a day. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, it just belly laughs do so much. They bust you out of a rut. They get you in a positive mindset. They can they can squash stress. And so so for me, I, I always need a good belly laugh. Um, I am a massive fresh air enthusiast. I need to be outside. I need to get my daily dose of exercise. And so uh, what also is in my cup is is some sunshine. I, I need a little bit of sunshine. And even on those cloudy days, I, I find a way to, to infuse a bit of sunshine, artificial sunshine, right? 
uh, into my right. day. And then finally, I need play in my cup. I'm a playful mm. person. I love goofing around. I love joking. And so I always find to find, I always like to try to find, you know, 10 minutes to infuse some play into my day, whether it's like horsing around my dog downstairs, what have you. So uh, a belly laugh, sunshine and play. I love it. That is like such a warm, comforting cup. Um, Gretchen, please do not be a stranger to coffee and combos. It has been wonderful to talk. Again, I'm really inspired by our conversation. So thank you again for stopping by. Thanks again, Liz.